0: I'll give you everything. I'll give you my whole business if you want it uh, because I, I don't think I've really ever had an original thought in this business at all.
1: This, this, this is the House Flipping HQ, HQ Podcast.
0: Now, let's get with flipping with your host,
1: Justin Williams.
0: Justin Williams.
1: Hey guys, what's going on? Justin Williams here. Hope you're all doing awesome. Hope you've had a great week. Things have been uh, pretty fast and fierce around here. We are getting ready for... Three big events, first of all, um, in only uh, two to three weeks, uh, maybe three weeks. Anyway, it's coming up fast. We will be in Baltimore for the seven-figure flipping event. I cannot wait. Bill and Vanessa planned out a, we're doing a, uh, going to go to an Orioles game, which will be real exciting. Uh, we have like a little, whatever those things are, you know, the, the booth, so we'll all be together. Um, I don't know how much of the game we'll be watching, but uh, it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. And then after that, we have the six-figure event in August at Mr. Don Costa's place in Fresno, California. If you don't know Don, uh, you are missing out that guy, man. He is, he is a machine, uh, flipping well over 100 houses per year on track to do 200 deals this year in one of the most competitive markets in the nation. And the six-figure flipping crew is going to be going down to his place, and he is going to pull back the curtain and share everything that he's doing. So we are planning for those events, and then we are working hard behind the scenes. It is time. um, Not too far out in October, October 18th, 19th, and 20th, we have the once annual event, Flip Hacking Live, our third, I guess you call it our third annual event, having Flip Hacking Live. So we're really excited getting ready for that. Um, It's kind of interesting, because in the past, I kind of had a pretty good idea of, of who was going to speak and man, this year, like between the seven figure and the eight figure group and, and the the coaches and some of the outside speakers that we want to bring in, there are so many people. So it's been so hard uh to decide who's gonna speak this year. But we've been reaching out to people and when we have an amazing lineup of people all throughout the country who who have changed their lives dramatically through this business. It's just been so exciting to to hear from them and have an idea of what they're going to speak on. So having them into, we're working hard behind the scenes to to update the the website and and to get um, th- those topics figured out and, and everything for you guys, so we can have an incredible event this year. Uh, so we're we're working on that, and then also, um, you guys have probably heard me talk about the topic a little bit. Uh, I'm not going to mention it right now. I just want to save that a little bit for later. But if you heard some of the other podcasts, you heard me kind of allude to it we 're really excited about this the big question that we're going to answer this year um, all right all right I can't do it I'm gonna tell you guys and that big question is how can you or, or can you question is can you I, I don't know I don't know it's I'm not gonna say it's easy uh, but this is the formula for which we are gonna solve this year at flip pack and life this is gonna be the one big question can you spend? into your house flipping machine, can you put $1 into your house flipping and or wholesaling machine and get $10 back consistently, predictably, time and time again on a scalable basis with systems that can work without you always being there. So that, I know I made that question a lot bigger, but that is the question. Can you put $1 into your house flipping or wholesaling machine and get $10 back Every single time. That's the question. I don't totally know the answer. I know it's not easy. I know it's going to be a stretch, but that is what we're going to figure out this year at Flip Hacking Live. And I'm bringing in um, some, not only members of the eight-figure flipping crew, seven-figure flipping crew, some of the coaches, but I will be presenting and then I'm going to be bringing in some very high-level people from uh, the, the outside outside of our industry, if you will, to, to help us with solving that equation. So super excited. Um cannot wait. Um but we're we're kind of working hard behind the scenes to get all all of that together. So having that been said if you have not yet gotten your tickets to Flip hacking Live, go to fliphackinglive.com to get them now before they're sold out. Uh we we are limited with the seats that we had available. My goal was to um get twice as a room that had fit twice as many as we could. Unfortunately, we just were weren't able to do that. I won't get into any details, but it you yeah, know, there's stuff. <laughs> the iceberg, right? Under the you guys see the tip of the iceberg in your own business. You see the whole iceberg. Other people see the tip. We got an iceberg as well, and there's stuff that goes on and, and we were not able to do that. So it is what it is. Those who get there who get the tickets will um good good for them, right? So okay. Um so having that been said, what I want to do kind of in preparation, what I thought me be, be kind of cool for the next uh, couple of weeks or so. Is um as I see guys like like Bill Allen and Annie McFarland, other people in the group, other people who spoke at Flippacking Live, some of them have spoke uh, multiple times. It's, I thought it might be kind of cool to see their their journey. So what I'm going to do is we are going to release. Yes, we're going to release um, today, right now on this podcast. You will hear the very first presentation that Bill Allen gave. At Flip Hacking Live, uh, 2000, was a 16? 2016. This was, um, shortly after he joined, you know, like what a year after he joined the seven figure flipping group. And he's going to share with you how he took his business from basically nothing to a deal or two per year to 70 deals in 12 months. And then next week, uh, early next week, we're going to release. Uh, the sequel to that. We're gonna release Bill Allen's presentation last year at Flip Hacking Live so you can see the the growth that he had, where he went from the one year to the next. And then when you show up this year, uh you'll see part three of that. And then we'll probably do the same thing uh with Andy and we might eh we'll, we'll see. Um can't we can't release all of them of course. Um but um yeah I'm pretty excited about that. So having that been said, without any further ado, let's go ahead and check out that First flip hacking live. Bill was the first presenter at Flip Hacking Live, the first flip hacking live that we had. Uh let's go ahead and, and check that out and you'll hear about his amazing journey. And there's so many huge takeaways. Re- regardless of wherever you are in your business, you're gonna get a ton out of this this interview. So other than that, we cannot wait to see you guys at Flip Hacking Live 2018, October 18th, 19th, and 20th. Mark your calendar, get your tickets. It's gonna be amazing. We'll see you there. Take it away, Bill Allen. <laughs>
0: Okay, so these guys all know me, so that's why they're cheering so loud. And, uh, thanks, Justin. I appreciate it, and it's, it really is an honor for Justin to ask me to come up here and speak to you guys. Um, I, I've spoke a couple times with rooms uh, of crowds this big, but uh, not I don't think with this much energy and excitement to to kind of take in what, what Justin has to say and what some of us have to say, um, and, and it's true. He, he really, he's right. Um, I, I was in all of your places. I bet some of you have done a lot more deals in the back of the room than I had a year ago or two years ago. So my presentation, I do have a full-time job and basically I'll give you everything. I'll give you my whole business if you want it because I don't think I've really ever had an original thought in this business at all. And it's true, really. I've basically just taken little tidbits from everybody that I've met and everybody that I surrounded myself with and I've spoken to over time and I've just looked at it and tried to combine it and take the best things from what everybody else is doing and put it in my business and try and implement that. So you're, you're going to see, I'm, I'm going to talk about what I'm doing, but uh, any of you can do it if you just do it. Um, and I'm going to show you how I did it, and it might not be how you want to do it or, or the end game that you want to have or, or how you guys want to implement it in your business, but take from me you know, wh- what I've done and, and take a piece from me and a piece from everybody else that comes up here, put it together, and then, uh, and then figure out what's best for you and what the end game is. You might not want to make $5, 7000000 million a year. Maybe you do. Um, you know, you might want to just work your full-time job and flip three or four houses a year and try to figure out how to do that to supplement your income. So um, I'm going to tell you what I did, take it or leave it. Um, uh, say he's crazy or I want to do that. And, and when I meet you, I'll talk to you some more, then ask me more questions. So I'm going to give kind of a top level and, and dig deep into how I, how I scaled uh, with a full-time job. But if you want any of my business, uh, just... Jump out, speak out, uh, raise your hand, ask me. It's fine. So, um, I, I'm Bill Allen. I'll take the next slide. Um, my company is Blackjack Real Estate. I've got my lead manager here, uh, Dee, So she answers our phones and talks to all the sellers. So she'll be around, too. Um, thanks. Uh, she'll be around, too, to talk to you guys if you want. Um, ask her questions, because, like Justin now, she knows some of the things that I don't. So... Um, yeah, she'll be answering live calls uh, anytime the phone rings, so if you're sitting behind her, just listen, just listen to what she's saying to the sellers. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Dee. you don't have to answer the phone while you're here. Um, so like Justin said, um, I just picked up my family and moved to Nashville uh, for a very short period of time, so we have some personal things going on. Um, my wife, I'm here, and my wife is going to have a baby in three weeks, uh, so she's probably not the happiest person with me right now. But I really, this, this really means a lot to me, and, and meeting with all these guys that the last three days is important to me and my business, and talking to you guys is important to me, too. So I told her, I think I just need to come here and do this, and you guys will be fine, and we have support, and, and I'll be home soon. So on Wednesday, we got in a car, and we, uh, a 26-foot moving truck, and we moved to Nashville, Tennessee, um, so she could have the baby at Vanderbilt University. And then um, uh, we'll talk a little bit more about it, but our baby has a heart defect, so... Um, we'll have to have some open heart surgery for him, uh, quickly after birth. So we went to, sorry, we went to Nashville and, um, we'll have that surgery and then we might move back to Pensacola, Florida, which is where we live now, um, or we might stay there. I'm not sure. So, um, this is my son, Will. He's two years old and that's my wife, Lucy on the right. So that, that's why I do all this stuff. I want to take myself kind of out of the business and spend more time with them. And that's... I'll talk about starting with the end in mind, but that was the end in mind of my business. I wanted to be out, and I wanted to spend more time with them, and I wanted to just kind of do whatever we wanted to do, travel um, and enjoy my my time with my sons. Uh, Next. Oh, (laughs) shh. Whew, man. Hey, if you're going after me, use this thing. This is more technologically advanced than most of the stuff that I operate. So uh, any military guys here uh, or gals? Raise your hand. Yeah? Okay. Awesome. Hey, thanks for the service to all you guys and and previous military uh, people. We're in a big military town, so if you guys live here or or have been touched by the military, you know what what they do. Um, So uh, this is my full-time job. I'm an active-duty Navy pilot. I've been doing it for 14 years. So I, uh, I've traveled uh, all around. I've been moving a lot, and this keeps me really busy. When the weather's good, I fly for 10 to 12 hours a day right now. Um, I'm a, i got typically two flights with students. I'm a flight instructor at Pensacola, Florida, and I spend a lot of time in the airplane. So um, you can see that if I'm working 10 to 12 hours a day, I don't really have time to answer the phone or go on appointments or sign contracts and stuff. Um, so th- that was my helicopter. We were, uh, I flew out here in San Diego, North Island, Uh, for four years, and then I was a flight instructor down in Pensacola. I went to England to become a test pilot. Uh, I went to school there, met my wife. I was a test pilot in Pax River for two years, flying H-60s, and uh, now I'm back down flying the single-engine airplanes in Pensacola, Florida, as an instructor for the second tour. Um, That's pretty much it. It's a fun job. Uh, So I don't want to give this up. Uh, You know, I I love doing real estate, and I love uh, what we're doing, but I really love to fly, too. So um, I'd like to get both which is why I did this. It's like a $50 million machine, and this is like a clicker. Um, okay, so uh, my, my background, it, like my, my personality, I pretty much uh, um, am a type A person. I, I want to be in charge. I want to make decisions. I, I, that's, I, and I give you this background of myself so you see where I went and how I got there. And I, I would say tailor that to, to the kind of person that you are and you'll see that I've kind of built a team around me and I try to pick people that would work well with me. So the reason I give you this background is not to brag or anything or, or what I've done, but it's, it's more to just give you a background of what I'm going to talk about and, and where I come from so you can tailor that to, to who you are. Um, so uh, investment background, I, you're going to see I was... Uh, been investing uh, like in, in rentals. I would move all the time, so I'd buy a house, I'd live in it, I'd fix it up a little bit. I was single at the time, so I could renovate a house while I was living there and not have my wife upset with me. And then I would, I would move out and I'd rent it out. And then I'd go to the next place and try to buy another house and kind of continue doing that. Um, so I was doing that. I, I bought my, my first rental. I was 2009. So after that, I kept kind of moving around and trying to buy another rental. So that was kind of my initial start in real estate. And then uh, probably the past two years is when I, when I really got trying to get an investment business going. Um, we move a lot, like I said, so it's kind of hard to, um, to get into a market of real estate if you move every year or two years. I've moved 13 times in 14 years. So um, we never stayed anywhere longer than a year or two. I was in San Diego four years, but in San Diego I moved three times. So, um, and that was my decision. Uh, my market, I talked about, Pensacola, Florida. It's on the Panhandle, uh, right by uh, Mobile, it's like right up, we call it LA, Lower Alabama. Um, so, uh, that's where we are. Um, Dee Dee lives in Alabama, just over the border, and everybody else in my team is in Pensacola. And that's, that's our focus right now, Pensacola and the, the two-county area. We got about five to, five to six hundred thousand people, I'd say, in, in those two, two uh, counties. Let's see if I can get this right. Oh, I don't know why that just popped up. Education, so I'm an uh, engineer, so uh, I'm a numbers, analytic kind of guy, um, so that's kind of my focus is, you know, how can we change the numbers and, and make the business better, and uh, it's, it's a numbers game for me, so if you guys are a little bit different, liberal arts kind of people, structure your business that way, so. Man, this thing jumps, huh? Okay, so why am I qualified to be on this stage? Uh, That's my biggest question when Justin asked me to come up here and do this. So I'm going to try to tell you, and at the end, maybe you guys decide if I should be here or not. Okay, where do I point this thing? (laughs) All right, 2014. So I'll give you a quick background of where I was and where I am now. So uh, we did our first flip in 2014. I actually meant it to be a rental. I bought it off the foreclosure auction. Um, I think it was HUBZoo that we bought it, and uh, it was just me. Um, bought it. I was going to rent it out, refinance it, and try to buy more and more rentals. Um, it worked out so well. The market, it was telling me, hey, you're going to make some money on this house, so I tr- just to try to sa- decided to try to sell it so I could buy another rental because I kind of was running out of cash at that time. Um, and I also, uh, we made $43,000 on that house. It was, it was a great deal, but I, I was, a, this was in Maryland. I was a, um, at the test squadron, and I was going back and forth uh, like at lunch break, I'd go back, check on the house, and then I'd go back to the squadron and fly in the afternoon, write a report at night. Next morning on my way to work, I'd drive by the house, check on it, make sure the contractors are doing and repeat that just about every day. Um, so I was working a lot on this house is pretty much all I could do, and the, you know, 70, 80 hours of work I was doing with my full-time job. Um, I also purchased two rental properties that year off the MLS with uh, 20% down, so That's kind of why I was running out of money. I'd put 20% down. I'd buy a rental. And then I'd say, where's the money going to come from for the next rental? And so uh, we decided to sell that house, and we were able to buy the second one. Okay, I'm just going to point to you. Uh, 2015 um, was my second flip. Um, We moved to Florida. I moved to Pensacola, Florida from Maryland, and I was looking for property for like six months. I I couldn't find a deal on the MLS when I got there. The wholesalers weren't producing for me. I ended up stumbling onto uh, an estate sale. I was so frustrated, I almost quit. Uh, I was in my flight suit driving back from work, and I saw an estate sale sign. I turned right. I went to the house. I talked to the son. Uh, The mom was still there. They were getting ready to move, and I just gave him my business card and told him what I did. And they called me a couple days later, and we worked out a deal, and I bought that house. Um, it, I was seriously uh, to the point where I was getting so frustrated that I just said, I, I don't know if, this, if I want to keep doing this, spending time away from my family looking for properties. Uh, so uh, we bought that house. And this house, I was there two, da- two times a day. I couldn't find a contractor. I was doing it myself. Um, I subbed everything out. I was there in, on the way to work, and I was there on the, home, on the way home from work. Fortunately, it was on my route to and from work. Um, and this, it, took, it was a $95,000 renovation. So it took it took me about four months, and I was doing it was all I did. Um, we made a good profit on it, but at that that's the time that I realized I said, there, "I got to do something different. I can't can't keep spending all my time." We we bought the house, we renovated the house, then we sold the house. And right when it went on the market, I said, "Where's the next deal? Like I, I don't have another property. So as this one's selling, I'm looking for the next one." And it, then it was another gap of four to five months, and I, I didn't, still didn't have a property. I couldn't find another one. So it, it wasn't, just wasn't scalable with me doing all this stuff. I also bought two properties, two more rental properties off the MLS, this time with cash. So I got private money, cash, bought it, put people in it, refinanced my money back out, and almost took all my money out of those two. So I still do that, and we can talk about that later. That's not what this presentation is about, but if you guys want to buy rentals and cash out refinance, talk to me about it. Um, okay. Uh, so what have I done in 2016 so far? Um, we're at, at flip number 17 right now in 2016, and I have three more in the pipeline already. And so now I've just... We can talk about how I got there, but the difference is astronomical in what I was doing before. And now the deals just come down the conveyor belt, and I just pick them off as I want them. If we, if we don't have one and we need one, uh, we'll take it. If we have too much, if we don't have enough money... And we we don't want to flip the next one. We we'll sell it off to somebody else. So it's the difference is unbelievable in how I've gotten to this point and how we built this machine to bring leads in. It's it's all about that. I'm not scrambling to find where the next deal is. In fact, I'm going. How do I find the money for the next deal? Like, can I even? Can we do another one? Can we do another one? I could just take more and more and more. Um, it, it's it's fantastic. Next, um, 50 wholesale deals. So this is this is where about my my 70 deals will come from this year. Um, we've got about, we've done about 40. We're having the pipeline right now, and we'll, we're, you'll see kind of where we're at and where we're on track to do, but I, we'll have no problem hitting these projections this year, I think. Next. That's what I'm looking at for gross this year. Uh, 43,000, 45,000, and we basically 10 x it. So, um, and, and I think this is, is under-projected. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm going to show you how I got here. This isn't just, uh, hey, look what I did. Uh, let's, let's take it step by step and see how, see how we got there. Go ahead. So here's me by myself. I uh, tried to do this on my own for two years. I struggled. I almost quit. No deal flow. Um, like I talked about, I got a deal. We rehabbed it. And then we just I said, where is it going to come from? Um, I was very hesitant to t- hire anyone. Andy's going to talk to you after me. And I wonder if he's going to mention the conversation that I had with him. And if he is, I'm not going to talk about it. But it's, it's pretty funny. I, I tried to t- find the clip. I tried to... The first conversation I ever had with Andy was... if Looking back on it, it's just hilarious. I can't believe I said those things. Like, and, and Becca's a friend of mine, and she came into the group, and she told me the other day, she said, "You know, remember you told me not to do all the stuff that you're telling me to do right now? I said, yeah, I remember that, but, but not well. So... Um, Okay, next slide, please. So, Dee, Dee she's my lead manager. Uh, this was the first hire that I made. Um, and it, it really allowed us to do a lot more. So, so this is my step one. Uh, I was tired of answering the calls. I couldn't answer the calls. Um, the calls were coming in. We were marketing. I was flying. I couldn't answer them. I couldn't keep up with everything. I had to hire someone to, to come in and answer the calls. So she came on with me in January 2016, and when she did, I was able to mail more people and do more marketing because I didn't have to answer the phone. I had someone answering the phone, and the leads weren't getting lost, and I, I wasn't playing catch-up all the time. So how did this model look? Dee, Dee would answer the phone. She would input all the information into our CRM, and then I would do everything else. So I would go on the appointments. If I couldn't go on the appointments, sometimes I'd, I'd try to get Dee Dee to go on some of the appointments because if it was a hot lead and I was flying all day, there's no way that I could get to it. So um, I would try to get her to go on some of the appointments. And so I overloaded her as we started going. And I was going on the appointments. I was getting the contracts signed. I was taking the contracts to title. I was dropping off the earnest money deposits. I was talking to the seller. I was, I was doing everything. I was looking for the buyer. I was uh, trying to sell the property. Once we found the buyer, it was it was a nightmare. So, how many appointments could I get to per week? Uh, not many. I probably was like what four appointments a week? I said I'd go on the weekends and maybe sometimes in the evenings. Or if the weather was bad, if it's raining, I don't don't fly, so I can go on some appointments. Skip away from work a little bit. But I, we were really really struggling there to um, uh, to kind of keep keep that momentum because I was, I was hamstringing the company. So then I brought on my second hire, and that was a woman named Eunice. And she was our acquisitions manager. She went on the appointments. So now that I got someone to answer the phones, and I got someone to go on the appointments, now I can just kind of, I can keep flying. I can think, look a little bit more at the big picture. So she could go on, she's full-time. So she could go on 12 to 15 appointments a week, or as many as I would give to her, so she came on in 2016, in April 2016, and I was able to mail even more and do more marketing and kind of just open the floodgates because when I was doing it, I kind of just drew a little area around my house, and that's where I was happy going to because I didn't want to, I didn't have time to go outside of a 15 or 20 minute drive. Um, so when I hired her, I didn't really care where she went, you know. Uh, so hey, if we got a deal over in you know 45 minutes from here, go on the appointment, you know. We so we we're able to just load up her schedule because she's just driving around all day making offers and looking through properties. Next. Okay, so now that Eunice came on, I've got a lead manager and I've got an acquisitions manager. She was doing so well with the acquisitions, and I thought, okay, I can finally breathe, I can finally take time out and, and fly and sit down and spend time with my family. Well, she was bringing so many contracts in, that I turned into... I was basically a title company. You know, she'd give me the contract. Now i got to do all the work. i got to do all the uh, coordination with title, finding the buyer, putting the buyer in touch with the title company, dealing with the seller with the title company. Can we get into the property? Can we show the property? Setting appointments. It was becoming an absolute nightmare um, because she was so good at what she did. So now I knew I needed to get that off my plate. So Carrie came on in... uh, June. So about, uh, I I went to the last seven-figure flipping uh, meeting, and I said, I was in there with my computer open the whole time. I was having trouble paying attention because I was responding to my attorney's office saying, okay, you know, setting up closings. We had three closings that week, and I was just involved. I couldn't even be there. So right after that meeting, I said, okay, uh, I'm I'm hiring someone. And I think the meeting was the beginning of June, and I, I, I just looked back. I think we left on like June 5th or 6th, and I hired her on June 10th. Um, and so now she's doing it. So how did this model look like? She took all the contracts to closing, and I didn't have to deal with any of that anymore. So now the problem that I ran into was I, gotta, I got all these properties. Now they're going, all going to title. Now I got to find buyers for all these properties. Okay? And maybe we're getting five or ten contracts a month, and now I'm out looking for buyers and doing the marketing for buyers and building the buyers list and trying to sell all these properties now. So now my focus was on dispositions and getting rid of the properties. So I, about a month ago, early in September, I said, I can't, I can't even keep up with this now. i got to sell these houses. So I brought on Ryan. He was my next step. So Ryan came on, and now he's in charge of doing all the marketing and building the buyer's list and disposing of the properties that we bring in. So finally... Now I'm able to take myself out and kind of look at that 10,000-foot view of what do, what do we need to do in the business and how can we bring on some more people to take the load off as things get, more, uh, get busier and busier. And this is where I'm at right now, but I still have to hire more people even now. The, the other people are still are getting overloaded. We have too many appointments. Um, Ryan is slammed too, you know, because uh, you'll see we're bringing in a lot of contracts now. So he's, got to, he's, he's talking to 10 or 15, working 10 or 15 houses that have, all have deadlines. Keeping up with all that is tough. So, so now, my, like I said, my focus is on making sure that everything is running efficiently. And I'm able to now take my family to Nashville, move them to Nashville, come here, put my computer down, close the computer, pretty much not talk on the phone, um, unless there's a major emergency, but it's been a huge relief being at the meeting the last three days and not having to make the calls and, and being able to close the computer. Um, one thing I didn't touch on, and I think some of the other people will, is the kind of the flipping side of the business, and I think they'll talk about it a lot more, but um, I, I, may, I, I was able to find contractors over the past year that are almost turnkey contractors. I, don't, I still deal with the project management of it, but that's, that's one of my next steps for that side of the business. Um, so... I think, I think we have some great house flippers up here in the front of the room, and they're going to talk about that. So. so let's look at this chart. You saw the four hires that I made. I put them in red down at the bottom. So I'm an engineer. I'm kind of a nerd. This makes me look at what happened. I can kind of take the look back and say, what happened when I hired these people, and how did it work for me? So you can see that Didi, uh, January. Didi was, uh, I, I had another lead manager that I hired in January, and her husband got transferred, and Dee uh, Dee came on. When, when she told me that, ne- the next day I had a meeting with Dee and, and I hired her the next day. So I'll talk about the speed of implementation, but I didn't want a single day to go by that somebody wasn't answering the phones. So I was very quick to hire Dee I'm glad I did. I mean, she's she's incredible at what she does, and she's she's better than the first person that I hired. I was really lucky to to come in and, and bring her in. Uh, so, it, so you can see, I hired someone before we ha- had done anything. In January, I said, "I just got to have someone answer the phone." And it took almost four months for us to see that kind of traction of, of her hi- her answering the phone. And the second we got that first deal, I realized, I said, "Why are we not getting deals? We're getting the calls. We're getting the motivated sellers." But I wasn't able to go on the, enough appointments. You know, I, we were only taking the really, really hot leads, like the, the stuff that people said, I'm going to give you my house. Will you come look at it? Okay, yeah, I'll go on that appointment. But if there's like, and even if they're like, like motivated, like they come down to 20,000, 30,000 on the phone, I was still like, I don't know if I have time to get to that appointment. You know? So it was tough. And then the second that we did that, I realized I, I, we got a deal, and I said, I'm, I'm hamstringing us. I'm the reason why we're not doing as well as we're doing. So when I brought on Eunice, that acquisitions manager, she came on in April, and you see those numbers in June? That's like that's like six or seven contracts for us in our market, and she just she just started blowing it out of the water. She'd come on, and we had such a backlog in our system that I wasn't getting to that she was able to come in and just lock down contracts. Um, and if I was able to put my full time into it, she, I w- I, she's better than me. But I, I probably could have gotten most of those, so... So she came on and we really ramped up and then in June I said, I got too much work to do with this transaction coordinating because we had all these deals in the pipeline and that's when, that's when she got hired and you see it just keeps spiking after that. Anybody know what happened, think what happened in August? Anybody? <coughs> yes? Vacation. Ah, yeah, my acquisitions manager went on vacation. You knew that. Uh, <laughs> my acquisitions manager went on vacation. So look at that. She goes on vacation and I lose like, we lose like $40,000. <laughs> you know? I'm gonna pay her like ten grand not to go on vacation next year. <laughs> like, can you just stay here, keep working? I'll give you like $10,000 or fifteen thousand dollar bonus. So, uh, that's it's not a joke. Like, that's really what happened. So, you can see how important these people are in our in our business. Um, so, if you get anything out of this, you you got to get out the fact that that you you got to have good people around you that that complement you, and they're really the uh, the driving force of that business. Uh, and then once once I was able to bring on that dispositions guy, I said, I don't care. Just keep bringing the contracts. It's his job to sell them now, you know. So we, we're we're bumping it up. And those are those are projections over the next two months of what we have in the pipeline right now, and that doesn't even include December. So um, that's where we're working towards. And and the team building around me is the most important part because it allows me to yeah. Some, some, some are hourly, some are uh, uh, commission-based, uh, mostly incentives. And I'll, I'll talk about that a little bit. And I think it's really important uh, to incentivize your people. And, and I'm, I'm happy uh, to share, uh, maybe Dee doesn't want to know how much, yeah, you guys know how much she gets paid, but um, it's, it's basically a percentage of the, of the net profit for me. So it wasn't hard for me to bring on that acquisitions manager because I said, she, if she gets paid off commission, like, she's going to have to show her worth and come on and, and do the job. Um, so it wasn't a hard hire for me because if she didn't do well, she's not getting paid, right? Yeah. Quick, when you first hired your first person, how much did you up? how much more did you spend your marketing to increase those leads? To kind of yeah, so I, I, I basically doubled. Uh, I, I would say, it, my recommendation to you guys, if, if you're just starting on marketing, is you, you saw how, like four months it took me, so you really have to commit to like, probably about six months of marketing, and that's what I did. I, I put a number in, and I said, "Hey, in six months, this is what I want to spend for six months, and then I'll reevaluate. I'm just basically going to take that money and I'm going to flush it down the toilet for six months. <laughs> I mean, I, if, it, if it goes, it goes. But and I got to be willing to do that. I, I'm going to tell you right now, it's not going to happen. If if you got the right people in place and, and you know what you're, even you almost don't even need to know what you're doing. But if if you're if you know if you know, spend the money. And you'll get the deals. So if I quit after three months, I'd be sitting there. I'd say, okay, I marketed for three months. I hired Didi. We got nothing. It's just not working out. We're, we're getting busted on all these appointments. Let's just close the doors. I mean, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have been pulling almost $100,000 in this month. So it, you'll, you'll see it. And Justin, you know, in that video, he put up that kind of hockey stick, you know. Does it look like this? Like, this is it, you know, except for the vacation. But, um, but really, that's, yeah, Jeff. Jeff knows me from January. There's a difference, right? It's huge. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. I remember right after that, you had like 10 deals after a couple of months. And you yeah. Said, like gonna do? Your your amount of marketing that you're doing, how much are you spending on that marketing to get to this point? I, I think it's, it's it's a great question, but I, I'm going to caution you guys. I'm going to caution all of you guys. It, the... Every market is different. You really need to think about what your market is. And I have struggles in my market that you're not going to have in your market. So these big markets, that when we've been talking about this for the last three days, you've got, you got some really competitive markets where it costs a lot of money to get the deals. But once you get a deal, you can sell it like this, right, Or and you, with, for a big spread, right? So like Southern California, you get, a, you get a really good deal. You can blow out like six figures on a wholesale. Um, I can't do that. It, it, it's hard to sell these deals. My disposition manager right now is working hard to get, to get, get these deals sold because we, we don't have a really, like, frothy market. There's not a bunch of sharks, look, I need another deal, you know, flipping 200 houses a year. We got a guy who will buy a house, and then six months later, he'll say, okay, I'm done with that one. I need another one, you know? So, it, it's hard. So, the, so I, I sp- personally, I spend about a little over $5,000 in marketing uh, a month. Um, I spend about I send out about twelve to fifteen thousand mail pieces. I, I do pay per click also, so in that um, it's about it's about five or six grand of marketing. Yeah, we will we'll we'll have time for
1: questions at the end. I don't mind one or two here there, but just let okay. you know we will do questions. Yeah. So
0: yeah, let me. Uh, this isn't my last slide. I have a couple more and. I've
1: been with you guys for three days. We can be up here for three hours. So we got Yeah. yeah.
0: I, I only have a couple <laughs> more slides and then and then I'll op- I'll open it up for more specific questions.
1: If we have questions, we'll have you go up to the mic. So so we make sure that we get it for the audio and so that everyone else can hear it. Okay,
0: great. Good. Those are called rules of engagement in the military. <laughs> so.
1: um, all right, so how, how
0: did I get there? And I'll just kind of, I got some bullet points here, and I got some bullet points on takeaways for you guys. And, and I've I probably touched on a lot of these things, but I think it's obvious, like... Even for, for me or, or even you, you may not want to run a, business, a big business with 10 employees or, you know, 20 employees or whatever. But for me, being able to keep flying and work a full-time job, I have to. You know, I, I'm not in the day-to-day. It might not be all your goals, but that's how I got there. So hiring is, is the key. And being able to just just hire somebody and let, them, let, it, let it work. So if I waited to hire Dee, I didn't hire her in January and I waited until April, all that would have moved to the right three, four months. And I would have kept waiting, kept waiting until that deal came in. And maybe that deal never came in, and I never would have done it. So don't wait. Just hire that first person. What's the worst thing that happens? I mean, put it in your marketing budget. Put that person that answers the phone in your budget and say, okay, well, if it doesn't work out, then that's money spent. Let's try something else. Um, Incentivize your people, like you asked me. Incentivize them to work hard. So pay pay them well. You pay their people well, they'll stick with you. They won't Try to go... out. Everybody, well, I don't think I'm just going to learn your system and go do it on their own. If Take care of them. My, like, my goal was to make Didi more money working with me than she would do on her own. My dispositions guy is a wholesaler. I pulled him in. I said, hey, I, I'll, let's sit down and how can we make you more money working with me with less work than doing it all by yourself and, and try to work it that way. Scale responsibly, but also hire for where you want to be. For me, I, I want it. like I said, hire for for the future, not for today. So if I waited and waited and waited till, and then hired Didi and then keep doing the acquisitions until I made more money and then hired, really, you've got to project in the future and hire for them now because that's what's going to get you there in the future. This is big for me. This is one of my favorite sayings. Uh, I, I try to start with the end in mind. So I saw Andy's business and Mike and Mike's business in January, and I said, I want to do that so how do I reverse engineer it so I can do it faster, and maybe I can do it. Maybe I can find a way to do it better. Like if I can take something from them and something from over here and something, and put it all in in the pot. And how can I do that and, and reverse engineer that that business? Um, like I said, I have no original thoughts are in my head in real estate. I have some other places, but not like in real estate. I don't feel like I don't have to be um, real creative. I can just take what other people are doing and, and try to combine the best things. Be proactive and not reactive. I feel like a lot of times we're we're constantly being reactive. This oh this is happening. Okay, what do I need to do? But think about think about the future today, um, with that end in mind. Okay, the mentality shift. Um, For me, when I came in and talked to Andy, I I only wanted to. I was like, I just need like a couple hundred thousand dollars, uh, you know, a year. I just want to, and that's that's really all I all I need. Or one, and as I started doing this, I started seeing all the, all the effect that we have on the people that work for us or with us, and, and all the people that we're helping out there with their houses and the buyers and sellers and stuff. And if it's a win-win-win, I mean that's that's my goal. So you, when you surround yourself with people that are doing incredible things and uh, and doing more than you, I, I never want to be the smartest person in the room. I want to be the dumbest person in the room. I want to surround myself with people who are um, doing this at a different level because you know that you'll you'll rise to that level and. And, and you'll do it, too. Like, there's, there's a little bit of competition there, but it's, I mean, being in this group and, and you guys in House Flaming Formula, if you are, or you're going to see that other people start doing things, you want to do them, too, and you want to get there, and, you, and it'll drive you to do those things. So I, I see these other guys that are, that are killing it and doing more than me, and, you know, I want to I be them. I'm, I'm, move, I'm trying to move myself up. So if you surround yourself with people, you'll do well. Uh, permission. Andy gave me permissions, when I talk to him on the phone, he's like, I, I thought that there was like a glass ceiling of like $200,000 a year, $300,000 a year, or-, or all the time you feel like, I can't do that. You know, he does that. I can't do that. If I, if I was sitting in the back room with you, right next to you, you, you're just a normal guy. We'd just be talking to Andy and Justin when I met them. I was like, these guys are just down to earth, normal guys. There- there's nothing special about any of us. We can all be where they are. Well, there's some special stuff about us. But, uh, <laughs> some giggling for my friend here. <laughs> so, uh, but we all have kind of that, uh, no, I can't do that. What, he, what he's doing, I can't do it. We, 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 you can, okay? So, give yourself permission. Action and implementation. Um, so, taking action, uh, just thinking about it and saying, oh, maybe I'll do that tomorrow or next week. Just, just do it. Like, I just said, okay, Didi's hired, I want the phone to ring send the mail, like let's just implement really quick. If you're quick to implement, and then you can kind of, sometimes you're gonna have to react, so I said be proactive, right? But there's some, sometimes you just gotta open the throttle and then, and then you know, tweak what you're doing to make it work right. So, but the speed of implementation is very important. I think if you ask anybody here, the, the reason that we have been so successful this year is because I'm very fast to implement things. I won't wait, I'll, I'll research it and then I'll just try it. If it doesn't work, we'll try something else. So, Okay, so I'll take your questions now. The, the biggest thing that I, I have a question for you guys is, uh, you know, you can come to these events, you can sit here, you can listen to what we're saying, and you'll see it time and time again. Maybe a couple percent of these people will will do anything, but the question is, like, take some action. We're going to show you how to do it. Um, you can either act, act or not. It's your choice. I mean, your chart can look like this just as easy as my can. So... Um, Implement these things that you're going to be taught this week, um, and these guys are going to talk about that they're doing. And if you take that action, you'll, you'll be here as long as you commit to it. So, yeah. If
1: you have questions for Bill, you can line up right here or right here, um, and we can do questions for about 15, 15 minutes. We are here your question, so keep them, keep them coming.
0: This is my contact information. I did not put my phone number because I won't answer it. Um, I'll be flying in an airplane, um, so the best way... And, and I'll, I'll pass out business cards all day to you guys that have my phone number on it, but um, you can try to call me, but uh, I'd recommend an email if you want a response. Hi, Bill. Hey. Well, what CRM do you use? Uh, I use Podio, um, and I, I, use a, uh, I use a company called Investor Fuse in my Podio to... Um, To allow the some of the uh, quick responses and stuff. Okay, and do you have like a an office? No, everyone works virtually. Yeah, so I have a house. Uh, Didi has a house, and everybody has a house. Uh, Okay, yeah, everybody works out of their house. And maybe the question might become uh, like, how how do you got all these employees that are that are working for you? How how do you know they're working? Right, Uh, they're not in the office. I don't have them come in. Um, You just know. I I feel like the results uh, dictate the performance. So if if that chart was zero, I'd start questioning whether my people were working very hard. But I know when they're working, uh, you can see some of the stuff in the, like, I can see when Dee Dee's answering the phone, when she's talking on the phone, when she's in podio putting things in. Um, same with my acquisitions person. If, I, if she doesn't go on her five appointments that day, we'll know about it. So,
1: yeah. Hi, Bill. My name is Byron. Hey, Byron. I just want to know did you luck up on these hardworking people, or did you have a, did you have a, Special way of going about. I am the
0: luckiest about. man in the world. <laughs> no, you are. No, no, you no, are. No, no, no. But what no, was no, your no.
1: what was the method to your madness? Yeah, I mean, yeah. how did you put it all together? Okay, so
0: I found every single one of them. Well, Dee Dee, um, I found the, the woman that was working before Dee I found on Craigslist, and I found every single person on Craigslist except for Ryan, and he, he's the disposition guy who's been begging me to mentor him. Um, so we started talking, and we've been talking for a while. But Dee Dee, I uh, I met through a RIA meeting. And we were doing, we were trying to work another deal uh, out on managing another property for us. And I, I said, why, why don't you come work with me? Like, I really liked her hustle. She was working hard. And um, everybody else on Craigslist. And I, I would say I do, I do dig into to them a little bit. Like, I, I take time to, to review, app, review their resumes and things like that. And then schedule a phone conversation. If it's an acquisitions person, I want to meet them in person and speak to them on the phone. If it's someone who's... Answering my phones, I want to have a phone interview and see how they are on the phone. And I'll ask them some questions and then uh, meet in person. But um, I use the, Andy told me about the DISC test, Tony Robbins DISC, D-I-S-C, DISC test. So I, I use that too um, uh, to see kind of how the people will work together and if they would be a good fit for that role. And um, I, I kind of can feel, I think I can feel out people okay. So when I meet with them, I just, if I know it's a fit, I'll try them out. And I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm really, I'm I'm pretty quick to hire people. Um, I'll try them out, and if they don't work out, I've just been I have been a little lucky, but I think I also um, am able to screen them pretty well. So don't be afraid to try somebody out, and and I mean, then just fire them if they don't work. <laughs> I fortunately haven't had to do that. So. Yeah. Hey, Bill. Um, I'm an engineer, and I don't have that marketing mentality. Never learned that in school. So I want to ask you about your marketing. What did you? Start off doing? What did you, and now what are you doing now? And are you going after distressed sellers, distressed properties? Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. Marketing for me was, I, I'd never run a marketing, I run a marketing business. I mean, that's what we all do. Right. Marketing business is what we do. And I'm never big into marketing either. But I basically just use the, I, I, I go after, uh, my, my market is, is a little different. We get a, lot, we get a lot of pretty high response rate. So I don't get too picky with my mail pieces and things like that. I can pretty much drop mail and the phone rings. Um, so we're lucky in that. Um, but I... What was the question? <laughs> oh, marketing tools, yeah. Yeah, so I, I, use, I, use, I strictly use postcards, and I just pull it right off of... Uh, I, I use yellowletters.com, and I just pull his, his mailers, you know? And maybe I'll mix it up a little bit, but it's pretty... I played with a couple different things. You're, you're an engineer, so for me... I I personally find that this is, it's not a vacuum, right? We're not changing just one variable. I'm going to nerd out a little bit. Um, I'm not changing just one variable. We're changing like 10 variables or 20 variables. Every variable changes. I change the color. I change the marketing piece. I change who I'm mailing to or the the time of year or... All these things are changing. It's really like, how how does that seller feel when they open the mailbox that day and they look at my postcard? They're either going to look at it or they're going to throw it away. So I want them to look at it and maybe they'll read the message, maybe they won't. But... If they're in that position and that day they feel like something happened in their life and my card hit at the right time, they're going to call me. So I think that don't get too focused. Put the mail in the mailbox, okay, and see what happens. The second part of that
1: question, are you going after distressed sellers or distressed
0: properties? Both. Yeah, distressed sellers, distressed properties, I I don't care. Um, We we bought a house that was in perfect condition this year. Um, We put $1,000 into it made $48,000. She just wanted to sell her house, and she was willing to sell it for a big discount. It was a great house. She could have put it on MLS and made more, and we told her that. So, and she wasn't even really distressed. She just didn't want the second house. She just wanted to be done. She didn't want to put it on MLS. She didn't want people trampling through the house. So, I mean, that's, that's a great deal. You know, that's a once a year or once every two, three years. But, you know, it, it doesn't really matter. Um, we'll talk to anybody. We'll go on, go on the appointments. Check it out.
1: Hi, Bill. My name is Martin Ruiz. I have a question about how did you get your wholesale guy to, to be a part of your team without him wanting to be like a, a, full, a full-blown partner?
0: The wholesaler? Yeah. The dispositions guy, yeah. Ryan? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, what I told him was, I said, do you want to keep doing what you're doing? Like, he was, he's grinding, right? He's, he's, he's also got a job. So I said, what if you could make as much as you're making, with doing less work and just focusing on one thing. I, I don't think he liked answering the phones. I don't think he liked going to meet the sellers. Um, I don't think he liked doing a lot of the dealing with the title company or the deal possibly falling through. And he just wanted to, he, he liked dealing with the buyers and, and disposing of the property. So I said, what? I, and I talked to him about it. He's been bugging me. He said, hey, mentor me, mentor me. And um, he he hasn't asked me to become a partner. I, I, I see that. that's... It's not completely out of the question in the future. Um, I don't really want a partner right now, but hes I convinced him and he convinced me that we would be a good fit together. And when I saw what he was doing, he was going to be pretty heavy competition for me. He's a, he's a sharp guy. So um, now everything that he was doing before comes into our system, and I incentivize him to bring in more stuff into our system. So I make sure that it makes sense for him, and he makes more money doing less work and just with, with more focus on one thing than he would have made on his own. So I think the key is you've you got to make it a win-win, just like everything else. So that's what I try to do. With the acquisitions manager, was that purely commissioned? She's, what, uh, she's 100% commission. What percent? Um, I, she's about 10% off the net. Okay. And were you looking for a specific background for any of these? Yes. She, so I'll tell you about her. She didn't know anything about real estate. She was like a, a pedorthist. Does anyone know what that is? It's like has to do with shoes. She's like a shoe salesman or measure shoes. I don't know. She but she is a sales monster. Like I wanted a salesperson and I could teach her about real estate. So that's what I did. We we went on a bunch of appointments together. She saw a ton of houses. Um, she saw how I dealt with the sellers. She disagreed with me on some things that I was saying. She would have said them differently, but she, she said my approach was working. I mean, she is a sales monster. It, it, this, that position is perfect for a salesperson, and that, that's what I was looking for, and that's what she did. And for the uh, transaction coordinator, were you looking for someone that had background and title? Uh, that one I did. Um, it, it, w- it wasn't necessary, but I needed like a task-oriented person. I could We could kind of work with her. Mine it just happens to be a previous paralegal for a law firm, and she was a... Uh, a code enforcement officer. So I found her on Craigslist, and she works hourly out of her house. And she's she's very like focused on tasks, and she knows how to deal with title. I, I don't think it's necessary because really, before my attorney's office was doing all the work for us, like their paralegal was doing it all. She's just kind of that. Um, it can be just a regular admin position too. I, I didn't I didn't need that, but I got that, and I was l- lucky that I did. I asked for Hers. Uh, yeah, she's, uh, she's $12 an hour. Earmuffs, Didi, $12 an hour, and she gets a, um, she gets a minimum of 15, uh, 15 hours a week. So if we're slow, I was still willing to pay her 15 hours a week. So for her, that's nice because I, I, at first I couldn't really guarantee her that much time. She was only working six or eight hours a week, and that's not really a lot to, to get someone kind of happy about working. So I gave her a minimum, and now she's doing 18 or 20 hours a week or so, and sometimes more. Just for the marketing, that was my main question. I wanted to get specific and nerd out a little bit with you, too. All right, let's nerd out. Uh, so you said, I, when you first hired your first person, you said you doubled your mailers, but then you kind of also said you did pay-per-click and blah, 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 blah. So what else, what did you what do you do, and what is your whole idea of what you spend money on for marketing? What do I do now, or what was I doing then, and why? What did you change when you started hiring people? I At that time, so direct mail works very well in my market. Um, I get a lot of phone calls from direct mail. Uh, I knew that pay-per-click, no one in my market was really doing pay-per-click also. So I knew that that was a low, low-hanging fruit, but I knew it was expensive. Yeah. So, and my area is not that technologically savvy. Um, so, so a lot of the sellers, and most people we buy from are over 65, so right. they don't have email addresses. Right. So they're not clicking on the Google, right? Okay. The Google? Did I say the Google? The Google. Google. Yeah. The Google. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, So I, I just upped my mailers. I, I doubled my mailers. And then once that started rolling in and we were getting a lot of deals, then I said, okay, let's add this because I think that nobody else is doing it. I want to be the first to market on that. But it's okay. cheap." And then we, we only added pay-per-click about a couple of months ago. Okay. So when, when you saw that kind of spike there, the right, about two months into that, yeah, then we started doing more pay-per-click because I was making more money, so I was willing to spend more money. Right. So when, once you see it start rolling in, initially you're like, okay, I spent all this money. I want to get some of it back. But basically, I, everything that we make, I just take and I, I put back in right now because I'm still growing. Right. You no know, I'm not. I'm not paying myself a couple hundred thousand dollars this year. Uh, my employees make more than I do, for sure. So, Thanks. You hear that, Dee Dee? <laughs> <laughs> it. Uh, hi, I'm Sam. Hey, Sam. Um, it sounds like you made an adjustment in the business. When you first started, you bought one and you flipped it, and then you bought another two and you flipped those. But since then, it sounds like mostly you're doing wholesale work. Well, you saw my numbers, right? 20, 20 flips this year and, okay. and 50 wholesale. So I, what I, I try to look at everything like a wholesale deal. And in fact, now, uh, I try to take myself out of the analysis of the properties and everything. And what I, te- what I tell my, my dispositions guy is, analyze the property, send it out on an email as a wholesale deal. And if I want to buy it, I'll buy it. Uh, yeah. So I'll look at the email, and I'll look at the numbers and see where we're at, and I'll just take it back. Because yeah. what I do is I want to feed my list, too. So you guys should all get on my list, Uh, but I want I want to feed my list, and I want I want them to see all these properties, and then if we want them, we'll take them if if it's a good time. And so I kind of I like to send things out, and we'll treat everything as a wholesale because I'm not really sure. I got to work the money piece. I got to work the timing piece. If we got you know if we got right now we've got like. 10 going on. So, right now they're going out, right? Okay. So that's, going out the back door. That's so. the question I had. You said that you're about to work on finding a project manager or a construction manager, I mm-hmm. guess. How do you guys deal with uh, the initial evaluation and then the actual, um, I guess, uh, superintendent work to make sure the work is being done correctly now? Yeah, I think uh, I'm, I'm I, So, I, I work, I let GCs do it. I got, I got three GCs that work with me, and one is taking the majority of my, my deals right now. Okay. And he's, he's another military guy. He works with me, and he's a part-time uh, reservist. And I know he's a great guy, very trustworthy, and we work cost-plus right now. So he does it at cost, and I put a fee on for him. And if I go to a project management role, I think I will bring him into my system and let him do all of our projects. And that, for me, that's how I'm going to go to it. Um, and so I, 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 we have a lot of trust together, so I know that he... When he tells me he's going to do something, he's going to do it. If it's this price, then... But we'll work together to kind of get the prices down, maybe use some of my subs and some of his. For that new role, though, do you have any idea what you plan to pay or how you plan to incentivize I'm I'm yet? struggling with that right yeah. now. So that's one of my rocks right now, right? So incentivizing a contractor, or a project manager, is tough yeah. for me. Uh, percentage of profits is a pretty good idea. I'm playing with that a little bit right now. When I leave here, that's where I'm going to sit down, and I'm going to, I need to figure it out, because we had a conversation, him and I, before I came here, and... See, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Uh, I think a percentage of profits is, it can be good, but then maybe he's doing the work a little cheaper, but a little worse, you know. So or less less time. So I gotta find I gotta find an answer to that. So right, thank you. And I, I didn't. We, we talked about this a lot the last three days. So get my card, and uh, when I when I know, I'll tell I'll talk to you. Yeah. Uh, my name's JJ, and um, that was my question: cost plus what? And then it sounds like you're working on that. Well, right now we do a uh, cost plus fixed fee. So I, I typically, de- it kind of depends on the scope and how long, what I think it's worth. So it's usually about five grand. Um, but he gets, me, he gets me a good, and our projects are about six weeks and about thirty dollars to $40,000 projects. Okay. So, and, and what, I, what I like to do is I like to walk through the property or take a look at the photos and talk to him. I used to like to walk through the property. Now I live in Nashville. Um, but I would walk through, and I'd say, "This is probably a thirty-five thousand dollars job." And he'd say, "Okay, yeah, I can do it for 35000 Or he might say, "I can do it a little less," while he still builds in a fee for him. So he's—I've gotten lucky. He's—he's he's a pretty honest guy, and it works really hard. You trust so. him. I do trust. I trust him. At, I mean, I, that was a follow-up question: Is do you develop your own scopes of work prior? Did you initially? Oh yeah. And how detailed were you? Like, was it yeah. down to like, what do you think? SKU numbers, <laughs> engineer. Uh, it's pretty detailed, yeah, because. Um, <coughs> So, you know, when I was, when I, I would write the scope of work and I would give that to bid it out because at that time I was still looking for good help. Now, what I do a lot of times is I have them go through and I have them write their own scope of work and tell me what they think. And, um, and if you, if you are doing this, you you could work that with a couple different contracts. The problem is I needed to give them all the same thing. I needed to compare apples to apples when I was looking at bids, right? You have two contractors go and say, write your own scope of work then this guy writes one, and this guy writes another, and they totally don't look the different. same. But what you could do is you could have the one guy go and write a scope of work, and if you like it, then give it to the other two and say, hey, what are you going to charge me for this? Yep. And that way you have apples to apples to apples. So, yeah, I, I used to write it. I, I don't anymore. Uh, just of. Right now, he just looked at three for me this week that are in our marketing pipeline, and he call, called me this morning, but I couldn't answer. So he, we're going to talk about it, and he's going to tell me what he thinks. And. Then I'm, I looked at the photos, and I'm going to say, I think that's a little much. Do we really need to do this or this? And we'll just talk about it and come up with a plan. Okay, okay. right on. Yeah. Thanks. Hi, uh,
1: um, do you do your
0: business locally only, or do you have out of state as well? Uh, do like uh, my wholesaling and flipping business? All your businesses. Oh, Is it yeah. just local in your market, or? Yeah, just my, all, all my wholesale and flipping deals are right now in, in Pensacola uh, in the surrounding areas. Uh, What's that? You unlocalized yourself, basically. Yeah, so... But I was able to, you know? I I can... Everything... Even before, once I hired Didi and Eunice and Carrie, even before Carrie, I could just do... Everything's pretty much virtual uh, by a computer. So, you set up your team, you can kind of do it virtually. I could sell all the... Do all the dispositions virtually at that point. But, yeah, I I do it all locally. I have one rental property still in Maryland that I... And I manage my rentals. Uh, I I have seven... I manage myself.
1: So if you guys want to talk about that, we can too. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed that amazing episode with, with Bill Allen. Stay tuned next week as to hear the sequel, to hear part two of Bill Allen at flip hacking live, uh, 2017. And remember to go to flip hacking live.com to get your tickets, reserve your tickets now for flip hacking live, 2018, October nineteenth, 18th, 19th and 20th here in sunny San Diego, California. It's going to be an event you do not want to miss. We'll see you there.
0: This has been the House Flipping HQ Podcast.
1: Your your ultimate house flipping resource for intelligent real estate investing and financial freedom.
0: Check out amazing tutorials, blogs, how-tos, and other inspiring podcasts with house flipping experts at houseflippinghq.com. Houseflippinghq.com.